Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Today And you know what? I couldn't be more happy because we're back with the Quality Time Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by uh, my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. How are you, sir? Uh, you know, yeah, I'm here. He's here. He's here. It looks like he's been roughed up. We'll get into more of uh, the tales of why Jeremy is possibly so exhausted I'm, right now. I'm, I'm a little tired. And a little I'm, tired? I think I, I, I can feel the aphasia kicking in. Like almost like a couple months ago. Yeah, it's probably just like a minor stroke. So, oh, those are those are fun. Different strokes for different folks. And you know, there's there's minors and then there's majors. <laughs> Music, <laughs> man, I am shocked that neither one of you were like, hey. A child molestation joke. <laughs> yeah, it, I was forming it, and then I was like, you know what? We're just going to move on. I'm just going to do it in my head. So um, anyway, we, we're also joined by the very lovely, very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you doing? My insides are liquid. <laughs> oh, what did, did you, uh, did, is it, is it a T-1000, just a brewing in the uh, lower gut there? So I think I feel good, knock on wood, today, but I've had nothing but beer and coffee for three days like no water like not taking care of myself at all and yesterday while i went to go see the machine which is pretty good by the way i'm i'm maybe 20 minutes from the end of this movie and i can hear it starting inside me and i'm like this is the worst so i am just oh my god i'm just shitting the whole day it's a nightmare mm. i feel horrible in fact, I did my old trick where I shove a modium up my asshole to let it hit my bloodstream faster, and then I get real sleepy. <laughs> just boofing, uh, boofing a modium AD. <laughs> yeah, just got a little funnel on it too, little droplets going down. Um, so a modium I, AD, a modium ass drop. <laughs> AD stands for Ashley diarrhea. Um, ah, so, there we go. I knew there was a better one. Yeah. So I go. I then go to Tommy's house for uh, the weekend and I'm in Tommy's house and it only has truly in my opinion I only count one bathroom because I refuse to use the nightmare dungeon that he has downstairs oh you don't want to use the shit shack <laughs> no I'm good 
So Tommy's bath downstairs bathroom, if you want to call it that, is a piece of plywood that separates you from the rest of the basement that you can <laughs> shit behind. <laughs> it's paper thin. You can actually see into the other room. So yeah, I, like I mean, if you want privacy, it's really it's not one you'd usually take a nuke in. Well, it's funny you say that, Eric, because I don't think there's any privacy in Tommy's house when using the bathroom. So I look at someone at the party and I go, hey, I just want people to maybe like low level be aware. I'm about to go wreck his bathroom just so like we're all clear. <laughs> so I go upstairs and I also realize that, yeah, the whole house is thin and there's people everywhere. There's no like fan or anything to even noise distract from mm-hmm. what I am about to do <laughs> in this bathroom. So I'm <laughs> shitting. I'm watching TikToks. And as I am shitting, the door bust open and someone's child is just staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) While I'm shitting. (laughs) Yeah. Me and this kid like linger, kind of look at each other for probably way too long. They don't say anything. I don't say anything. And then finally I just go, hey, occupied uh can you can you come back and she goes okay (laughs) walks away leaves the door wide open oh no so i then have to wipe mid diarrhea (laughs) get up shut the door that does not lock oh (laughs) then sit down on the shitter again which here's the best part tell tommy later after this like because i don't embarrass the kid or anybody Mm -hmm. but i tell i tell tommy and tommy goes oh i wonder if she busted it on you because she had to go because she shit her pants 10 minutes after you told me this (laughs) (laughs) this kid had to go home and get new underwear (laughs) so so there's that i don't want to hog our time so there is that and it was so god it was just such a rough day my body was punishing me and then, of course, I still drank at Tommy's house like an idiot. Mm. So everything is falling apart. I get to my show and I have to shit so bad that I end up telling the audience that I'm going to blow through my set so I don't shit on stage. <laughs> and DC, like, yeah, these women in blazers, like, fuck it. It's <laughs> the worst. Um, it's not an open diarrhea crowd is what you're getting at. No, but I will tell you. I I think you guys think certain things about me, and I just want to point out here today, here and now, I have a lot better moral compass than people think I do, because I was so pissed off about the way that show was run last night and the whole shebang, and I didn't feel good. I had a backpack full of items I stole, and then as I was getting ready to leave, I thought, mm, this might be morally wrong, so I put it all back, except Aww. for one. I did keep one thing, but I, man, I robbed that place blind. I could have just walked out with all this stuff. Their remotes. I stole all of their remotes to their televisions. I stole baskets for the condiments. Um, I even, oh, that's why I have an arcade. So I stole like 10 people's arcade cards to play. No one noticed. Um, Man. So so. RIP that Dave and Busters. Uh, (laughs) That was... It was Astro Beer Hall in DC. Astro Beer Hall. Fuck you people. It was a... How bad was, why was the show so bad? It was just like, I didn't find any of these people 
that funny. Oh, so the and lineup was, was bad, in your opinion. It was, pain, it was mm-hmm. painful. Though I did tell one of the women on the lineup, she had this really awful fedora, but beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. She had this really awful fedora. And I called her Indiana Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, don't know why you do comedy. <laughs> Give me one reason to leave here. <laughs> it was all the jokes you told. <laughs> <laughs> it, was so, it was so bad so like that i don't know that was part of it and then i don't even have the energy to fight for it but i wanted to leave because i was sick after my set and they go hey the headliner doesn't want to stay either so he's going in front of you oh so um, you got force headlined <laughs> they said they'd pay me extra money which they have not which I'm, i just don't uh, want to deal with you people but no i just i think i was sick and but like uh and it was hard to hear ourselves at one point there was a wedding going on in another room next door, like the reception. And I lean over to the girl next to me, who's a comedian. And I was like, if I ever got married at a fucking beer hall, a Memorial Day weekend, I want you to fucking shoot me. And she goes, Ashley, can't you be happy for other people? She's like, I would do it. I said, yeah, you're divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I mean... Listen, there's nothing like competing with an entire wedding uh, when you're trying to tell jokes to people who... Now, was it... Tell me there was also, like, sports on all the TVs while this was happening. It's an arcade. Yes. All right, let's see how many of the bad things we can hit in one show. Okay, Did did they also have uh, a DJ that played before the show started and after? So, So, no DJ, Eric, but... They had speakers in the room we were in, and they forgot that the speakers hook up like for everything. So while the opener is trying to get through the show, you can just hear, you can just hear the offspring uh, playing through the speakers <laughs> during his during his set. But my friend's got a girlfriend, and, and he, he hates that bitch. bitch. And, and I'm just like, this is this, this is, is the, great. I'm gonna shit on the floor. This is here. the longest intro ever. Uh, <laughs> just the endless intro music. That'd be good. Horrible. I wow. Hated it. Um, was there? Uh, were there children under uh, underage children there? Mm, no. Okay. This is okay. So one mark in the in the not. Not the worst category ever, because that's I the- got a lot of scowls though, which kind of I had how- some big laughs, but I got some major scowls. Like I could see people's faces going. Yeah, mm. was it a big open echoey room? Kind of. Okay, echoey, so not great for sound. Um, mm. Did um, was there table service, or did people have to get up to get things? You had to get up to get things. Okay. There so were no tables, another, just chairs. Yep. Another one. All right. Good. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a pretty bad show overall, I, I would say. Yeah. And they only had one they them bathroom. Oh, <laughs> man. So you have to go in two at a time. Yikes. Um. <laughs> For um, uh, a comedy with chicken wire with people throwing, uh, uh, you know, bottles on the stage yeah full blues brothers that's yeah. what you're looking yeah. for as it, so, as ashley oh. takes her yaris and tears through the place going it's blues brothers because i'm so depressed all the time um, <laughs> and you're my brothers um no so i i did part of it though i'm gonna be honest i think i was just i've been sick you know wasn't taking care of myself grouchy because i didn't feel well but that you know that's been my weekend so far all right very nice uh 
can I mention my favorite um, part of Blue Lou in the Blues Brothers, which I met? Because he's the one that actually says chicken wire. So. All right, nice. Chicken <laughs> he's a saxophonist, so. Very cool. Um, what's your top uh, four movie saxophone players, Jeremy? Uh, well, obviously, I I met him, and he was very happy to meet me. Of course, the sexy sax man. Yeah, that's got to be. Lost Boys with He's... his chain. And, oh, my gosh, I forgot. I, I was watching as, as many uh, T- T- Tina Turner videos oh. this week for, uh, and, and I think she's still alive. No, I'm <laughs> dead. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> couldn't even remember the uh, the song uh, "One of the Living," where I guess she she uh, did the uh, video in like a like a dilapidated prison. So it's like prison bars and everything. But man, that sexy sat status. <laughs> Sexy sax man! All of a sudden, the camera zooms on him, and he's just like playing the sax and doing his fucking moves and everything. <laughs> just imagine that guy getting cornered by like a bunch of like the scared straight style jail people, and like, what the fuck are you in here for? He's like, I played the saxophone too hard. He's like, the saxophone? That shit's whack. Like, <laughs> he's like, but I can play you a sweet melody if you'd like. <laughs> Well, well, of course, everybody remembers uh, uh, Blue Lou from uh, Blues Brothers because he's on the countertops in mm-hmm. in, uh, in in whatever uh, Aretha Franklin's. Um, uh, oh yeah, her diner. diner. It was that was also remade in uh, Clerks Two because uh, oh. Randall, Randall uh, uh, walks on the cl- countertops. I guess that's it because I can't think of any other sex. <laughs> Uh, I would like to throw out uh, famous sax players that people know. Uh, The Moon Man from uh, McDonald's in the 90s. uh, Mm -hmm. Very famous sax player. Um, Don't you remember the Moon? Do you remember the Moon Man from there? He he played the saxophone, huh? In a commercial. Yeah, don't you remember the McDonald's Moon guy? Okay, okay, I'll take that. He looked looked like the the guy from Nightbreed, but a little bit more (laughs) claymation-y. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a cat in the aristocrats cats that played a sax. So. Um and then last but not least, of course, the great uh Bill Clinton. Um who you know yes. he you know, he doesn't go to kid fuck islands or anything like that. Just a great saxophone player. That's what he'll be known for. But I, I have to say though, I can't obviously name the person that played it, but uh what is that song? By Wham, or was it George Michael at that point? Yeah. And then the band Wham, yeah. Well, uh, right, but I'm saying I don't know careless, careless, careless whisper. whisper. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Careless Webster, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just he Yikes. he does the whole dictionary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Careless Webster just sounds like code for child molestation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just... yeah. Ooh, ooh, looks like you got in the wrong car, Webster. <laughs> I'm never going to ride again. Guilty bike men have no... I, I guess, I guess uh, he isn't really a movie. This backseat the... has all child locks. <laughs> <laughs> actual actual sexy sax man when he's in the hot tub and also <laughs> plays in inordinate places like... In a shopping cart at Target. <laughs> hey, why don't you why don't you see that? Why don't you do that, uh, Carol's No, no. 
I mean, I think the person who subjected me to the most saxophone music would be the would, would be the the Lisa Simpson, if I'm being honest. I've heard That's more jazz solos from her, and uh, followed by Bleeding Gums Murphy. Um, uh, I, I would also I would also uh, give uh, cre- credibility from I don't even know his name was. Is one of the the saxophone players for Pink Floyd? He did the uh, the, the solo for uh, Dogs of War, and also. With the uh, the 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 song "Money," so ah oh. yeah, Chet Slamsky, he's great. Yes. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Chet Slamsky, I uh, love him. Met him in a Shoney's years ago. Um. <laughs> oh, also the uh, saxophone player for the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, because I think he did uh, "Sexy Mexican Maid." That was a good. Oh, Mexican. there we go. Um, all right, that's great. Uh, my 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 week was rather uneventful, though. I had a very fun show. Uh, I had two bussy warm up gigs this week as we uh, approached the June tenth uh, bussy blowout, <laughs> as we like to call it. And uh, uh, yeah, Ashley, you made it to the one on Friday with Chris Loman. And let me tell you, I have now liberated myself from the shitty promoter with inadequate equipment because now I just keep in my truck an entire PA system amplifier guitars every connection you could possibly need uh and you know what even though it, I got paid forty dollars <laughs> not even that much no I think it was it was 40 with my bussy magnet sales uh I don't like to I don't like to brag but uh I brought the entire show I will say and and this is I'm going to preface this by saying, Chris Lohman, if you're listening to this, as a person, I truly adore you. I think you're a very sweet man in general. But your preparation for any show I've ever been on is lacking at best. Um, but you know what? I There's things that he does sometimes where I'm like, how have you made it through life up until now? Like, have you dealt with these people? Like, you're like, how do you have a job in anything? Can't be this careless. Like I, it's it's astonishing to me. I think this all the time about men that headline over me constantly, and I'm like, oh, all right, that's a thing. Um, oh, that's another thing I really want. Oh, good. I bet you there are men that run Carolines. <laughs> yeah, in Caroline in the city. Um, yeah. This is. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, as as bad as the show was the first time I did it, because I set up everything, it went a lot better this time, <laughs> I, That's I feel good. like. Uh, and, uh, you know, and Ashley had a fucking killer set at, uh, at the firm. So shout out. You did a, yeah, no, a phenomenal it was, it job. Was, it was fun. I, you did just remind me, though, Eric, I did forget I wanted to tell you this. When I went to the movies yesterday... Right before the movie started, a weird glow started coming from my purse, and everyone looked at me, and I was like, what is that? And then I remember that the candles I stole were still in my wallet, and they turned on, and they started glowing, and you could see it through the purse. Oh, look at you. you you're like the, uh, they're like, oh, I think your in- infinity gems are lighting up there. Uh... No, it's like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and, the, <laughs> and then they start to burn a hole through the side of my purse. Ooh. You're like uh, Ali Sheedy in uh, the breakfast the breakfast club so. yes these are wild references jeremy i like it what's going on with I you have, i have a lot of shit in my bag oh yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> number five is alive yeah uh everything else with you jeremy how's your return to work been going so far 
Uh, I'm still I'm still alive, and uh, work has been very good to me, and uh, I'm shining better than the uh, kid that it replaced me. And, That's great. Uh, couldn't go to a show this weekend, and my my ticker ticket guy kind of failed on me because he had three tables and he only had two uh, vendor things. But either way, I, it was like a it was just yeah I've been busy anyway, so fuck. It. I'm glad. Well, we're we're just glad, you know, what are we, uh, six, seven months removed from the uh, the stroke that almost took you from us. And uh, I feel like you're uh, you're finally getting back into the groove of things. You're getting a, getting a paycheck again. You're getting out of the house. You're driving. These are all really good things, brother. Two, two more weeks and I'll actually, I'll actually get paid. Isn't that great? Hell four yeah. Four, four, four weeks. Yeah. I love it. Four, I love time lag. Four weeks. <laughs> It's like, you know, you, you work and then you, they, they sit on your paycheck as much as possible. So it's great. Just, just sit. I love it. Oh, by the way, I remember my other, other job when it was a temp job. They got paid every day for everything. And then he, we went it, he went all of his uh, paycheck into drugs. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, your, co- your co-worker would get paid oh. daily and then go yeah. buy drugs with it that and, day. And, and he was my supervisor. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, it's, it's you know, where were they going without ever knowing the way? Um, he he <laughs> showed you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just, oh, man. Nothing like calling your Coke dealer after a long eight-hour shift and... You know, he's he's had it up. He's beat his kids a couple times that day already. He doesn't want to deal with the mass public, but you keep on calling every 15 minutes because you just went to the check cashing place to get your $60 that you earned that day and hand it right over to him, you from, know? From an ATM's right in, at, a, at a Royal Farms with, with me taking the time to get his money straight from the bank as opposed to going home and, you know, things like that. Because I, I I love being my time wasted for drugs. Yeah, so. you know it. There's yeah. a. I, I like that you your time with that supervisor. You really got to learn the art of the crack deal. You know, well, funny, funny thing a, is, he was the most lovable person in the place because they were just horrible people, even though they didn't do drugs. Well, actually, everybody did drugs. So. I like that. Out of they were like, you're like, yeah, who's the best? <laughs> this was. People suck there. This is my friend, though. He's addicted to crack. <laughs> He's the <laughs> nicest one there. We actually, what did you do last night? Oh, we just, uh, you know, we went to like a yard and we cut catalator converters off the bottom of vehicles all night. It was, it was a hoot. It was Addicts a hoot. really are the best friends because they're eager to please in hopes that you'll give them money or drugs. So. He, was, he was like a scrapper, the kind of scrapper that goes under your car and takes your catalytic with it. So. Yeah, yeah. And they're heavy. And you need a friend, really, to carry more than one or two, you know? So, Jeremy, I was glad that you... You you helped small business. Uh, <laughs> when you when you only saw one catalytic converter, that's when Eric helped you steal the other. One. Yeah. See, like people will say, "Hey, this is theft, and it's not right." And it's also, you know, helping with uh, the 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 drug problem in America. When I would say, "Hey, you know who's not complaining?" The auto mechanic shop down the street that has to replace all of them. That's this is building the economy. Um, so no, no. what I'm going to say is, everybody out there, steal more every you, single day. Um, you know, the worst thing, the worst thing about <laughs> scrapping, <laughs> or should I say, stealing? There, there was a true story about a, a, a 
a artist, he took his gold records because he was a gold record <laughs> band. He's like, oh, man, I went to the pawn shop. They weren't even gold records. They were just spray painted. I couldn't get any money. For so he could scrap records. his own gold record. You're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm thinking that's even worse because it wasn't even platinum either. They were just spray painted in platinum. Yeah. So. And they go, he he goes it up. I'm saying, I'm sorry. We don't need another 38 special gold record, sir. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Um, are we ready to get into tonight's movie, though? Because I'm certainly excited about it this you know week. You know what's really good for gold records? What's that? Smashing them over a low bottom head. I'm sorry. Say that again. Smashing the the record gold record over Lou Albino's head. Oh, because girls just want to have fun. Yeah. Um, Kicking Cindy Lauper. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm excited, Ashley. This was your pick this week. We have uh, 1998's the uh, the dawn of the new millennium brought us a movie uh, by director Peter uh, Medak, Species Two, um, mm-hmm. a sequel to the Natasha Henstridge. Um, uh, Michael Madsen uh, hit from what was it ninety two or something ninety five I don't know but yeah. the, the follow up to it uh, why species two this week because someone else had alerted me to some of the scenes just the overall vibe of the sequel and the minute I saw it I was like this is fucking garbage we got to do it <laughs> i think i think it's the greatest uh tribute to uh richard belzer as the president yes yes we'll get to that <laughs> soon enough richard belzer does have a cameo in this movie uh as the president of the united states uh which it's also one of the horniest movies I've ever oh seen. yeah 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 it is I, I I have in my notes the word people getting horny constantly uh, Every throughout here. Uh, but uh, I do. Uh, it's funny that um, even though Richard Belzer is, is credited in this movie, a person with a much bigger role is uncredited. And that's Peter Boyle, oddly enough, who actually has a yes. speaking role. And kind of a pivotal character in this movie. Yes. He's not even in the credits or listed at all. He was just like, he knew this was going to be such dog shit. He's like, please, please don't put my name on this. I, I have a reputation I, to uphold. <laughs> I was in the unseen. Um, I, <laughs> I have a note in my in my phone that said, I can't believe Peter Boyle said yes to this turd. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I, I will say. So I don't think Species 1 is a great movie to begin no. with. I like this movie so much more than Species 1. I like it a hundred times more. It's so tone deaf. And Jeremy, Mm -hmm. I found out something in this movie that when we get to it near the midway point, I'm wondering if you picked up on it because I quickly, I was like, wait a minute, let me look this up. And it's an amazing piece of cinema trivia that I found uh, to be very entertaining. But... Um, it's funny, the original director of Species One, which was a big hit, uh, you know, for, for its time, it grossed like $127 million. This one, not so much, uh, but they did get a pretty big name uh, director and Peter uh, Medak, who's probably most famously known for uh, The Changeling, which is, you know, uh, I, Changeling isn't for me. It does have the great George C. Scott in it, who always talks <laughs> like he's pissed off. And uh, <laughs> Jerry, give us a little George uh, D- George C. Scott getting talking about The Changeling. I'm George C. Scott. 
I was in the changeling. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm George C. Scott. I don't know what a Hossa is. I'm George C. Scott. I'm also... I'm, I am the captain of the filthy whore in, in, in Cabin Boy. <laughs> I cannot escape that fucking movie. <laughs> so uh, this uh, this movie starts off with a mission to Mars uh, where we get to meet Patrick, our perfect hero. He sets... Not for one nation. Not for one people. Not for one creed, but for all humankind. Okay, so look, it shows him planting it. Fuck Earth, everybody! Fuck Earth! I like the idea that, like, they're at home, right? We're we're going to imply that landing on Mars people would go to like the bars and cheer for it like it's the like it's the nfl instead of just like oh that's cool because that's really what would happen like people in the 60s didn't like watch us land on the moon from like hey we got to go down to dave and buster's and the local uh jack shack to go watch this live and then go yeah actually though eric like i don't obviously i don't disagree with you but i don't think we're right about that as much as i sentimentally like i agree with you i wouldn't give a shit I actually disagree with you because when Seinfeld ended the last episode of Seinfeld, they played it on the screens in Times Square and people all stood around and watched it. So Mm. I don't disbelieve. I think there was like that time period of being much more patriotic. Yeah, it could be. Mayhap. I think so. Uh, I'm I'm more important when Times Square is uh, done with that video of the cat farting. So, well, I'll uh, all I know is that when Elon Musk finally lands on the moon and uh, with, you know, the the children that he brings there that will certainly die as soon as they land, um, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be as much fanfare uh, as we think. But it's okay. He'll just send more kids there. I do like that all of the NASA space shuttle is covered mm-hmm. with logos, though, as it's driving by. It's like it's all sponsored. I was like, that seems a little bit more accurate to Wait, me. Wait, though. <laughs> Wait, though, Eric, do you really think that Elon's children are really going to die up there with names like Eon Fucks? <laughs> I, was, I was so happy with the sponsorship of uh, the of the Mars mission with Zima. So, <laughs> if you want to get on the Red Rock, better bring an ice cold Zima. <laughs> <laughs> Or or uh, uh, red red dog uh, brew. So, are you trying to get air on Mars? Will it sure could get a lot thirsty, and that's why I want- we brought Zima. <laughs> I want a female sponsored rocket, and it's sponsored by like Monostat. And whenever the rocket goes to deploy, you just see the one plunger just go in, and all that white. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i do have the rest of here's the news report that follows uh uh after that landing here that explains mm-hmm. who patrick is patrick ross son of a senator football star at yale and now the first man on mars a perfect hero for these imperfect times patrick 
the perfect hero. And really, he just looks like uh, the Wish version of Christian Bale. Like, he looks like Christian Snail, if anything. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> Actually, Eric, do you know who he reminds me of? Who's that? I think he looks like a young Wish version of Jim Caviezel. Oh, I see Jim Caviezel there. Yeah. yeah. Um, this uh, his dad in the movie is played by the great James Cromwell, who is uh, playing Senator Ross in this. Uh, who is otherwise the... known as Zephram Cochran, who uh, conquers space travel. Yes, who uh, yes, uh, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, Jeremy's a big fan of it. Uh, but I'm just looking around at Justin Lazard, who's playing Patrick in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, he's got a hell of a. <laughs> here's here's his credits. Okay, number one, best known. For for species two 100 <laughs> percent um, the next the next one I, it's i just gonna take you through the steps down 1999 he got to be in universal soldier the return um <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm not sure is the one that has Bill Goldberg or not. I think that does star also star Bill Goldberg with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, <laughs> and then uh, from 1993 to 1904, he was in seven episodes of a TV series I've never heard of called Second Chances. And last but not least, he was in four episodes of another TV series I've never heard of, Freshman Dorm. So uh, mm-hmm. shout outs. To that and his last time he worked was in 2000 as a uh, uh in a movie called stanley's gig as joshua so uh weird justin lazar who knew that this wasn't going to be the jump off point for him where he was really gonna <laughs> gonna pick I, up his i'd like steam. i'd like this movie to be the it, the entire reason for the upright citizens brigade being uh um, racist towards astronauts. Yes, yes. Hey, they have a lot of astronauts in this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, have we already gotten to the point where we meet the one-eyed general? Not quite. We're going to get there. We're, it's, okay. It goes quick in the very, very Don, beginning. Don Goodman, yes. So uh, I told, uh, right after that, we see Peter Boyle in an insane asylum screaming, I told him not to go! I told him not to go. Why is it NASA listening to me? Um, Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> so, uh, and then shortly after that, we get the brief cameo of uh, the great President Richard Belzer. A tremendous achievement that once again proves that if we can rise above partisan politics, America can climb to the heavens. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, and it's very fun to see Richard Belzer as president. Right after that, he goes, he's like, ah, you know, this, uh, my last predecessor, George Bush, let me tell you, he was something else. He, he even ended up putting his, uh, his wife on the dollar bill. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a real Richard Belzer joke. <laughs> <laughs> From UFO to SVU, I do. <laughs> yeah. I do uh, like- my, my favorite, uh, uh, Stern was just really, really digging as as hard as he could into Richard Belzer. He's, he's like, it was like, <laughs> I, I can't say anymore. But yeah. I've, I've never seen him so hard on a guest. I was like, oh my gosh, they were like real personal. So, oh. shout out to Howard Stern, listener yeah. of the show. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he isn't uh, even on anymore. 
So. The sample collected on the face of Mars, though, immediately uh, green goop explodes from the canister after it's on the uh, spaceship uh, and moves like the Venom symbiote as it attacks all three of the crew members uh, comprised of, of course, the great Patrick, uh, the perfect human being, uh, as well as um, uh, the, this other lady and Sampus uh, and, and uh, the guy... Uh, uh, Gamble, who is um, actually, I will refer to only as Bubba for the rest of this because he plays Bubba in uh, Forrest Gump. So it attacks both of them. And Bubba, let me just tell you, he can't wait to get pussy and he won't stop talking about it the whole movie. He's like, we've been out here for nine months and I'm trying to get some ass. Um, it's his- I, thought, I pretty much thought he was Kang the Conqueror from the Quantum Mania. That is true. Now, meanwhile, well, they're... Uh, they're still fucking with the alien back on Earth. Eve, uh, uh, our evil lady who escaped in the last movie, they've recloned her now uh, to be a bit more docile. They just don't let her around the boys because if you, she sees one boy, she gets un- incredibly horny. Even if that boy is a one-eyed general with a fucking goofy blue dead eye, they're like, sir, <laughs> we don't want her to get too horny. We're going to have to ask you to stand behind the glass because all she does is watch TV and her biggest show is Roseanne. And every time she watches watches it she is finger blasting herself and it ain't to rosie um so (laughs) no i do love i wrote down that i do love the idea that the military would have a one-eyed uh colonel and not the gays like i do find that very funny (laughs) is it like he's disabled but we'll take him we're like oh none of that gay shit though (laughs) worst thing about him he doesn't even have an eye patch yeah, I like that he flaunts it. You know what? He's like, I'm. What do I look like? Some freak like Snake Plissken? I show off my dead eye. It scares <laughs> children. Um, I do. Lo- in, what's the point of being in the military in, unless you have a, a, a like a, a fake, fake eye patch, like Nick Fury getting uh, sliced by a by a space cat? I'd like to double down. What's the point unless you're like the uh, the last action hero and you have cool different eyes you can put in every day, you know? Mm-hmm. One with like a smiley face. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I do. I do love evil Danny Bonaducci in that movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite parts with this, this one-eyed colonel is when he says, aye, aye, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way he had to say that line. You wanted him to. So uh, they uh, they do this weird thing. They find out that they run tests on 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 the sill, uh, who's Eve, and uh, just to see how they can hurt her constantly. But they're like, the like immediately the doctor's like, hey, we're you know we're just we're not going to hurt you much, and we're doing this for your best interest. Was we torture you every single day? And uh, I did pull a little bit of audio from that interaction. I've explained to you why we've got to do this. What happened with the first sill? And why you have to be prepared. Survival of the fittest. I know. I watch this TV and I see all the places I'm never going to go. And see all the people I'm never going to meet. Is that all I am to you? A laboratory animal? I want you to understand that the reason I took this job was to make sure that these experiments were done with regard for you. 
Now here, let's put this experimental... Just don't forget that I'm human, too. Let me put this experimental lipstick that'll give you cancer real quick on you. Yeah. I hope that's okay. Um, so, uh, if only I'll get to see those those special seasons of Dukes of the Hazard when they <laughs> the cousins from Roy and Duke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but here's what I don't understand, and you might have to help me because I was confused, honestly, even the movie. We're saying she's cloned, but she just said she's half human. Isn't it true that the alien was never half human, or am I? The alien, um, I believe, was with was a combination of human and uh, um, uh, alien DNA. So okay. uh, she is half human. Although, let me tell you, that alien part kicks in pretty strong. Uh, <laughs> if pretty you, sure, she if you was, get uh, it horny, part- it stops being human real quick, <laughs> just like men. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure she be- she was like uh, blonde, and then she became black. Yes, yes. So uh, the astronauts have... uh, uh, Here's another thing that I think is funny. When they get back home, the astronauts just have, like, scores of hot nurses waiting outside of their window, which is, I thought... And uh, you get to hear Bubba say uh, that, um, you know, he's like, looks like I found what will cure me. But unfortunately, the uh, scientists on the ground have a little bit of a different idea about how you should be handling yourselves. You are under quarantine, Mr. Gamble. No sexual activity for at least 10 days. And that means all of you. Oh, you've got to be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Um, no ass, Sally. Um, astronaut. That's, uh, NASA for you. Um, so, (laughs) the... (laughs) Uh, Space plate makes you so damn horny. Yeah, yeah. So... Shortly after that, so they're on sexual quarantine for 10 days, which is a very normal practice anytime astronauts return from a foreign planet. Uh, they uh, they go to a banquet, and uh, uh, Bubba still can't wait to fuck, uh, but uh, Captain Patrick is already off trying to get laid in the broom closet. He's just that horned up, and he misses his acceptance speech. They have to come grab him. And he's like, I'm sure my dad said some fucking cool shit, whatever. Um, anyway, um, America, and everybody's like, yeah! Yeah, uh, but he does shortly after that get into a threesome, and uh, immediately he and he's like, "Me and my sh- sisters share everything. We're fucking astro hoes," and um, they. <laughs> immediately go at it uh in a full-on sex scene that uh culminates in him uh uh uh, cream pieing the one lady who then goes inside the bathroom and immediately has an alien baby that starts to grow in her belly within Um, 10 minutes yeah within Within 10 minutes (laughs) yeah and he's still going at the other one while he's starting to grow tentacles out of her back and she doesn't like it that much uh and uh i will say this is probably one of the coolest kills in the thing because like she just has this giant belly inside of the bathroom and it opens mm. up and just a fucking baby squirt out go like, it's pretty it's pretty good and I also love his cum sounds because he was like, it's like like he's summoning all of the powers of Skull while he's going at it it's it's pretty incredible and intense uh, and minimal CGI like there's some CGI tentacles that look ridiculous but that fucking little f- puppet baby that shoots out of her yeah. womb pretty cool in my opinion but I think that's what I love about the absurdity of this movie 
the idea that like within a span of a few minutes it's already a fully formed weird (laughs) baby there's nothing about this movie that makes any sense in any way shape or form which makes it truly fantastically terrible that's what i love about it and also we haven't gotten to it but when when press uh who's played by michael madsen returns into this movie i Mm. love how much of a shit he doesn't give the entire movie he's like (laughs) well we know that uh fucking aliens or whatever um that his entire thing he's like again with this bitch uh <laughs> like it's the most phoned in he and uh 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 marge Hellenberger who plays laura yeah. the the just the most mailed in acting you've ever seen in this like they could not care less every it's, scene it's his same character from kill bill <laughs> yes they oh. make they make species three and he's like that alien deserves her revenge (laughs) and we all deserve to die couldn't we get daniel baldwin in this movie (laughs) so uh he uh he tries to go talk to oh he takes his nude babies that are now just little black-haired children to uh his little (laughs) shed that he has uh he has a little barn and he's he's like you kids just hop in here i'll figure out what to do with you fully formed children soon enough not sure what's happening but i like that he goes and talks to his dad who's the senator after this because he like part of him thinks like maybe my body's just changing and daddy never told me what happens when I become an adult. <laughs> and, like it's puberty. Yeah, yeah. So like I grab this little talk where it feels like he's talking about just his body changing and his dad's like stop being anyway, hold on, let me play this clip. You just wait till you try a Senate campaign. Dad, listen to me. I'm having I'm having some kind of breakdown. Stop thinking about the master plan and help me, all right? I'm scared. God damn it. Quit acting like a spoiled child. <laughs> You're a Ross. Behave like one. Oh, just stop acting like a spoiled brat just because. <laughs> <you're>... <laughs> I don't know if Rachel's gonna have sex with me if she knows that I can make a baby explode out of her in two minutes. <laughs> uh, good times. Uh, but the uh, the Earth Doctor then tries to reach the crazy guy who's playing Peter Boyle because they used to be old research partners. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I could literally tell that I was thinking it through and I wasn't gonna have time. Uh, it's the birds and the ETs. <laughs> the birds and the ETs. <laughs> All right, so uh, the the Earth Doctor who put him on sex quarantine, he's like, man, this stuff looks really bad. I better call my friend who studied Mars with him. Hope he's not in the crazy ward. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, as soon as he does that, he accidentally tips over the blood that literally has all the alien specimens like oh that's not good maybe i should walk over to where it's crawling over to the wall touch it with my fingers a little bit and it fucking (laughs) through the fucking wall this like meat hook that just grabs him through the wall all of a sudden and rips his insides out uh very cool kill i'll be honest with you there's no scene in this movie i predicted at any point i was just like hey uh what's it gonna like latch on he's like nope it breaks through the fucking wall and grabs out your (laughs) intestine immediately uh it's a high-paced movie it makes no sense i've laughed five or six times so far into it um so uh the uh Shortly after that, now the military's involved, but it's time to go get Michael Madsen, the only man who can deal with these fucking things. <laughs> really, really great. Well, 
The answer is no. Press, we got another fucking alien on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> get somebody else. <laughs> he's just immediately like, get somebody else. He's like, okay, what if you do it for this? Do it for that? And he's like, get million dollars? He's like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like he, That's how much effort he put up. He's like, million dollars? All right, I'll hunt down your alien for you. That's fine. The dialogue in this movie is so, it's so bad. bad. It's a, every conversation <laughs> doesn't sound real at all, and and it's just you could hear you could just hear it in Michael Madsen's voice. He's like, "I'm just gonna say the things written on the paper. I'm not improvising a goddamn thing for these people. <laughs> I'll tell you that right well, now. They're gonna fucking it's... lie in this bed." <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you might have to help me um, with the name. But our female lead, who's not the alien, our doctor. That'd be Marge. Uh, Marge Hellenberger, her name Marge. in the movie is, uh, uh, is Laura. And I think it was Marge when I made this note. I should have been more specific. But if it's who I'm thinking of, her facial expressions in this movie yes. are in fucking scene. <laughs> They're so fucking bad. <laughs> I wish. I know we're not a visual podcast. I might have to throw it up on our Instagram. See if I can find stills of just the way this woman acts i has she done has she done any movies uh no i believe she was in like some like show like uh i think she was a law and order person for a long time hold on let me see here i think it it was uh csi delaware yes (laughs) csi the original from 2000 to 2013 she's also an aaron brockovich uh as well as the original species and uh uh in good company is her also also csi oklahoma I I remember her in Aaron Brockovich because she's a bit character who gets cancer. <laughs> Hell yeah! So that was that was her part in that movie. So so yeah. So her amazing acting skills in this movie really paid off. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be really good if she had a, a chain of restaurants of Helen Burgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Michael Madsen and Laura go to visit Dr. Cromwell, uh, played by Peter Boyle, and uh, they give you this very loose explanation about why the aliens are um, bad. Fossils in the meteorite convinced us there might have been life on Mars. But these fossils weren't anything organic to the planet. Oh, no, 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 no. And what was the basis for that determination? Carbon based elements in the fossils exist only in the Magellanic Galaxy. That's 100 million light years away. Well, how did they get to Mars? By my reckoning, Mars was visited by an alien species approximately one billion years ago. The species was like a plague, a cancer. It turned a thriving planet with rivers and oceans and rudimentary plant life into a useless hunk of rock. Whatever species destroyed Mars, those poor astronauts brought down to Earth. May God have pity on our souls. Oh, Peter Boyle. And now please don't show me in the movie at all for the rest of the film. That's that I was just here to deliver that message that I looked at space rocks 30 years ago. <laughs> and now, putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz! Yeah. So uh, uh, shortly after that, Michael Madsen is like, hey, you know, we should probably start testing these people. Um, And he delivers this line, which just literally made me laugh out loud. They could fuck the human race into extinction. (laughs) So... uh... (laughs) (laughs) They could fuck the human race into extinction. (laughs) 
fucking the script. He's like, I'm going to fucking say it. You just, I feel like every take, he's just like, are you really going to read it? Like how they wrote it? He's like, every fucking word of it. I'm reading every word that's yeah. in this god awful script. I'm telling you right now. They paid me $30,000. <laughs> we don't even have a deli tray here today. We're filming in I wish, fucking Baltimore. Um, <laughs> I, wish, I wish we could get a script written supervisor from. <laughs> From Troll 2 to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie. Oh, species is spelled backwards as species. Oh, it's an anagram. Reese's species. Reese's species. So, uh, 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 Madsen and Laura then go to try to hunt down the missing astronauts, and uh, they find the uh, bel- bedroom belly. They find the lady, uh, Sam- uh, astronaut Sampus, as she has had sex with her husband on the tenth day, and has uh, face grabbed him with her belly uh, umbilical cord. It's so strange. I can only tell you to watch <laughs> it, but it looks horrifying. And they're able to come in. They also have their weapon against the most effective weapon they have is like literally just like a. a spray gun mist that they shoot at it which is like ooh and it just looks like a steam like a little bit of steam that comes out of the fucking yeah, not it, like it, a, a fire extinguisher it's, like it's not even a fire <laughs> extinguisher's worth it it's just like a Oh. It's, a, it's a steamer to iron out your clothing yeah. um it's it it does also look like it's it's raid like they're just spraying for bugs in your yard yes <laughs> yes uh, what do you use when you have the dead body you use Febreze uh uh, they still can't find patrick but they do find bubba right after this and they stop him before he's about to have sex on a boat and uh he's really unhappy with it uh we hear this brother just can't get no booty you know what i'm saying so uh (laughs) man why did did this happen forrest brother just can't get no booty you know what i'm saying (laughs) booty shrimp booty tacos booty pasta (laughs) i i love first of all the depiction of the only black character in this movie is so (laughs) they're like uh i i I grabbed a bunch of his lines but it's just clearly so tone deaf when he's talking he was just like I, i have a couple of really great lines he has in this movie that made me go yeah, I'm pretty sure a white person wrote that for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of they also could have called this movie Bubba Hump <laughs> and Bubba Company. Hump. <laughs> Bubba Hump and Company. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Patrick has already made his third baby. He's just going on a full-on fuck fest. Uh, they give uh, they they find out that his blood is not infected. The uh, uh, Bubba's for, but they don't know why. Uh, you'll find out soon enough why he he didn't get infected by the alien. Uh, but he decides to go uh, visit Patrick where he thinks he might be because he doesn't want to give up his location. He's like, I'm not telling the G-men about where my friend is. And uh, Patrick has now killed his uh, his spouse. I guess or his girlfriend uh another child has burst out and he's decided to take the shotgun and blow his brains out which he does and in the shittiest cgi (laughs) reformation of his face it's like i mean the cgi when his face is reforming in front of uh sweet bubba it look it's on par with american werewolf in london it's just real bad it's playstation one graphics at best uh it was as good as an amiga one 128 yeah yeah <laughs> i was actually gonna put it on par uh with lawnmower man yeah, yeah. It's, 
Gosh, it definitely Lawnmower Man would be accurate. So yeah. Bubba goes back to report to, uh, back to him and says this. His whole head just grew right back like some sort of damn freak show. And uh, <laughs> like some kind of damn freak show. Um, so this is what Bubba brings to every scene he's in, by the way. <laughs> every scene he comes with this same energy like, I don't know what the hell's happening. Even though he's an, a fucking scientist, he still goes, what the fuck is this? Uh, I, I think he, he should have been the uh, captain from uh, Soul Plane uh, Space Shuttle. <laughs> yes. I have to say, though, um, as bad as like his dialogue is, the acting isn't that great, but come on, guys. Can we at least give him some credit for his sweet jumps he keeps doing over gates? Yeah. <laughs> he does take every gate jump serious as fuck in this movie. Uh, NASA, it's get time for another fucking touchdown, motherfuckers. You think Michael Madsen's going to out-bunny me over this? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> um, so uh, Patrick now is full-on horny after blowing off his head, and he hits the streets and starts fucking more and more. Uh, and every time he does, Eve gets hornier and hornier inside <laughs> of her thing because they have like some type of link. Um, they find the dead hooker that he uh, that he actually bangs to make another kid. And uh, you, I have this clip from the uh, uh, attendant of the prostitute brothel here that rents out the rooms. He, he has this line here. So you didn't see nothing, you didn't hear nothing, you don't know nothing. Right? They, they come and they go. You know what I mean? They come and they go. <laughs> That's hysterical. Now, don't you sit your ass down. You get it? You get it. And then they just roll him down the street, this guy who's in a wheelchair, like, go f- get fucked. <laughs> so the best part is when he set him on fire over the into the hill. So so uh, he uh, by this time uh, they finally show Patrick's shed again, and now Patrick has a full on twenty children uh, of varying ages, from like a very like a five year old all the way to like a teenager, and they're all just hanging out having a having a hoot. And I do like that they tried to find all white children with black hair, but there's definitely just one random Asian girl that's in the middle of all of them like if you pause it i saw it was like hmm one of these seems to stick out out of all of them it might be right there um so, so uh the scientists think that they can use eve though to track with a psychic link to patrick to find out where his location is and uh they stick her in the scanner and this is what she says and this is i need you to listen closely to this jeremy I see street signs. Gwyn's Falls and Warwick. The intersection of Gwyn's Falls and Warwick. What? So he's at the intersection of Gwyn's Falls and Warwick. Jeremy, without looking, do you know where Gwyn Falls and Warwick is? Uh, It's got to be near uh, 83, isn't it? Nope. Jeremy, this next scene what's implied here is if because they find him they have to make a u-turn right there they say he's at the shopping center right there at the grocery store this is mondamin mall in baltimore (laughs) (laughs) that's a good place to hang out this is mondamin mall and for our listeners uh across the across the globe who might not know where mondamin mall is it's in west baltimore meaning um if you remember the baltimore riots from like 2016 that was the place that got completely raided and ransacked it is quite literally when i used to live on route 40 and i'd drive people into the city i would take them down that way and you that's if you make a turn in any direction it is the wire it is like the 
roughest part of Baltimore City. Now, I want to tell you, this has to be the greatest special effect in all of the movie. Yep, yep. Um, this is the greatest special effect in this movie because Patrick walks into the shopper's warehouse, which is rebranded for something else in this movie, and there is not a black person to be found anywhere. There, I have never seen West Baltimore whitewashed in such a way. Uh, the, I, the, the only time it's ever been whitewashed more than this would be The Wire Season 2. Um, that's the only way I could describe it. Like it, There is not a black person to be found in this uh, shopper's there. And he goes and takes this bitch hostage, uh, and then th- I find this to be the most ridiculous part of the whole movie. He goes out, and she has the psychic link. He's like, he's putting her in a van, and you see her. He puts her in a back van, and he starts to about to sexually assault her, and the guys come out, and they're like, oh, shit, this is the black van. And they bust the window open. It's just another black van where two people are having consensual sex. In, in a parking lot <laughs> parking during the day. In Mondam and Mall in Jan, in July. It makes zero sense at all. The dumbest shit. <laughs> I, I fell over. I was like, wait a minute, that's not him? He's just... <laughs> He's just fucking. They found two random other people that are in a black van, also fucking a hundred feet away. Insane. Oh it, god. It's funny. Uh, early in my career of uh, standee making, I did a gig at Montdomon Mall, and I remember I was being intimidated. Like, oh, this is Montdomon Mall, and it was like, actually, Montdomon Mall is a much better mall than security now. Oh, security is just garbage. It's not so much the the mall itself. It's the like when you walk around and you can see rats crawling within the Mondamin Mall. That has something to do with its general cleanliness. Um, it, it might as well be like a, a like a, a semi flea market mall. Yeah, and and, and, and I, it was funny because I did a a standee for the uh, the Whitney Houston movie like almost ten years ago, and I remember I was like. Well, I've I've been much worse malls than Mount Dominion. Mount Dominion was actually a better mall. So, so uh, shout outs to Mount Dominion Mall. If you'd like to go see a little bit of species history, send your pictures to the Quality Time Podcast. Get a picture where uh, Patrick sexually assaulted that lady in the parking lot. Um, so. But- are we also saying that the aliens are racist? Yes, yes. The aliens are. We're oh, the aliens are racist. We'll get to that yeah. soon enough. Okay. Here. The worst race of all is astronauts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the space race is actually the thing they're just, most. God of. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the video game space racist. He. He uh, Patrick gives himself up willingly. He's like, oh, you guys were looking for me? Oh, no big deal. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. And uh, he lets the girl go uh, before the guys catch up to him so they don't know what a monster he is. And uh, uh, the general um, tells the senator um, from Star Trek, you should really help us. Ca- oh, no, sorry. That's that's where we're coming up next. Um, so he gets taken to the facility where Eve is. And the second he enters the building, both of them get so incredibly horny that they can't even... <laughs> They can't even control themselves, okay? He starts Jim Browning his way through guards going, get the fuck out of the way! Like, like it's the last pizza at Little Caesars. Um, and yes, Jeremy, that's Mondam and Mall for sure. Thank you. Um, 
I already looked all that up, but I appreciate you showing us. So um, we he goes through and uh, starts bashing people out of the way. He gets face to face, and you can just see they're just uncontrollable lust that's happening. And uh, luckily, they they're able to spray him off with like the last second. And he just as the big doors are closing, he goes and then zips right back out and uh, uh, is able to escape. Um, so. Now that uh, she's all worked up, she doesn't really want to help them anymore. She's like, uh, sorry, I found my mans, and I'd appreciate it if you'd just reunite us. That would be a good thing to do. Um, I've I've been through it, too. Like, whenever a girl in your group suddenly gets a boyfriend, and now she's like, sorry, I don't have time for you, and you won't see her for 10 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just wish there could be more um, slow motion scenes of her uh, crashing through windows. Yeah, well, that she hasn't bra- broken out of the windows yet. This is just uh, Patrick oh, on the run. So um, the general pleads with the senator to bring Patrick in, and uh, uh, Eve and Bubba have a moment at the glass where she looks at him and goes never mind nope um she has like a look that like uh like an open micer asking ashley that we should write together and then like she just immediately turns away did we, we talk about the most important uh, pro- uh plot element of the movie the fact that he almost has sickle cell yes that's exactly what we're about to play right this moment here it is damn man what is up i can't even get no play from my alien People carry a disease in their genetic code. It doesn't mean that they have the disease, but the possibility exists it might be passed down to their children. Well, those NSCG doctors told me I had sickle trait. (gasps) Right, it's in your chart. You don't have sickle cell anemia, which is why you're able to go to Mars, but you're a carrier. Right. Well, I guess that's why he uh, didn't get infected up on the ship. Right. The alien DNA cannot cope with human genetic flaws. It has no defense against our diseases, and that might be our answer. We need to make... The aliens, their greatest fear, becoming black. Which is <laughs> now the premise of the movie. You have to understand, he doesn't even have sickle cell. It's just the possibility that some an alien could get it. No, 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 no. The aliens are the most racist people in the whole world. They can't even. They can't even uh, absorb black people. That that is the defense. <laughs> is the diversity of America. And the, this the, guy right here. The aliens are the original practicers of eugenics. Um, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, 100%. But, but it's, it is comforting, though, to know that all three of us aren't going to have to worry about this movie ever coming true. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They just immediately touch you. They're like, "Ooh, yikes! Uh, ooh, bowel problems. Yikes! This one's blood pressure's through the roof. The other one, oh, he's he looks armored. I like him." Um. So, oh wait, are, oh, I'm sorry. Are you supposed to be the? No, Jeremy. What are armored. you? Jeremy's armored. What are you? The, I'm uh, high blood pressure. Oh. Good thing the, uh, <laughs> the astronaut went to Mount Diamond Mall. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. <laughs> He's like, I got to find more whites. I better go to Mondam and Mall immediately to go find some more. <laughs> Wait, what if I might be taking us down a dark hole that we need to cut from this episode? But like, what do you think the aliens feel about like meeting a gay person? Are they like, oh, no, like that's a flaw in the... 
in the matrix <laughs> are we into it i'm just uh-oh. throwing it out there oh this male is horny with me i have to run uh- <laughs> <laughs> or, or all, like, this, all this breeding <laughs> or you're with a you're with a trans person and the alien's like hey you're not perfect yet we need to cut off that dick yeah or, or what if it comes to like uh take a a uh a, a, a trans uh, man who's you know he comes over he's like um, I'm sorry we have to procreate he's like actually I'm a man <laughs> no <laughs> I'm sorry that's not what my body says <laughs> the, the aliens get down here and they're like what the fuck is up with them they all have autism <laughs> Yeah, mate with any of the things here. <laughs> yeah, species uh, species five, the trip to Thailand. Uh, <laughs> he's just unsuccessfully mating with lady boy after lady boy. <laughs> uh, you know what? I like that bit. We're leaving it in. Um, so look, the uh, the senator does find Patrick, though, at his favorite childhood spot. And it was the barn where he proposed to his mother. And uh, he says, come on, let me let me help you. And I sure as hell I'm not going to hand you over to those Pentagon bastards. No, sir. I am taking you in to Johns Hopkins for treatment with the best. We'll walk through that door together. We'll get an ice cream at Mondam and Mall on the way. <laughs> <laughs> and they embrace and they hug for a second. And then as they're... They're holding each other in this beautiful moment. Uh, Patrick stabs him through the fucking chest piece, and it comes out through his nose, and he murders his dad uh, in front of him. Uh, so very sad moment for for Senator Ross as he uh, he falls at the hands of his own son. Uh, the uh, uh, if we could kill everybody in the movie before the end. Yes, you got to kill everybody in the movie right now. So, uh, meanwhile, the kids are doing uh, their fun larval state. They're starting to cocoon up now, uh, which I love the cocoony shack. All the kids just sort of like tentacle themselves up and they become these weird breathing, like almost paper thin eggs that are just going whilp, whilp, like this. Uh, pretty I'm cool. about to do a Jeremy bit. <laughs> fuck shack, baby, fuck shack. <laughs> so. I'm- they, they pretty much uh, go to their larval stage like a, 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 a live show of Cirque du Soleil. Yes, very similar, <laughs> very acrobatic. Yeah. Uh, so Madsen, though, uh, and Bubba, they decide to load up with uh, guns. And I love this this line that Bubba reads. He picks up, he goes, they're like playing with the, the guns and he, he points the laser of like this. And he's like, can't miss with this one because lasers on guns were like the best, the coolest thing in the 90s. They were like, yeah, it's got a battery pack, but it has a, it can, it can keep this dot going for uh, three minutes straight. And um, they... <laughs> He points it at his dick, and then uh, he goes, man, screw that. And uh, he he just says this here. Um, picks up a machete. Talk all that noise if you want to. I'm taking this, because I'm about to go back to Africa on somebody's ass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Somebody actually wrote that for this guy to say. I'm about, he picks up a knife and says, I'm going to go back to Africa on some ass. And he said it. <laughs> I think it was like, 
I think it was less racist if he just said back to, to Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. It's, right? it's so oh, tone deaf. I couldn't. I, hey, he has like three more lines I didn't pull up, but he was just like, he definitely has a line. He's just like, where he's cutting stuff. He's like, I'm like, Kuta Kinte out here or something like that. And I'm like, what the fuck is, who wrote this for him? Who did this? <laughs> but you know what? In his defense, though, I did use an Amistad reference last night that I regret. <laughs> <laughs> So shortly after they get all armed up, uh, Eve is able to break through the glass very easily, which she seemed like she could have done at any part in the movie. And because she learns everything from TV, she uses a baseball and knocks out one of the uh, guards because she, she watches baseball and Dukes of Hazard. These are her favorite things to watch. Fucking hits her in the face, disables the kill button that can just uh, apparently kill her if she ever gets loose. And then uh, she fucking starts running through people like Ladanian Tomlinson gets out, gets shot up like fit, like what's his name? Like Cuba Gooden Jr.'s friend in uh, uh, Boys in the Hood. And then she just gets back up and takes 50 more fucking rounds and she's like, nope, on my way to get some alien dick. I'm not worried about your bullets no more. I'd say William Defoe from uh, Platoon. Yeah, yeah, but shot a ridiculous amount of times. Um, shot in the heart, and you're too blame. I'm an alien. I'm going to shoot some more, yeah. And she can immediately drive a Humvee just from watching the Dukes of Hazard. That's what it's implied, is that, like, she knew, we we shouldn't have let her watch them Duke boys because now she knows how to drive, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She'd been shot that many times. This, this week, next episode of the Dukes. Ooh, Dukes of Biohazard. <laughs> Uh-oh, there goes a alien that could end the entire human race again. What do they get into next week? Banjo <laughs> music overlay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so she makes her way to the cocoon farm, and uh, they're very easily able to follow her there, so she leads them right to Patrick. And uh, we hear this wonderful line from Michael Badson here. Welcome to the maternity ward from hell. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many dumb parts to this movie that just make me straight up laugh out loud. Oh god, that was that was definitely one of them. So uh uh meanwhile while this is happening and they're dealing with the eggs and trying to kill them downstairs, uh the fuck fest has started upstairs between Patrick and Eve as they both go into full alien form and then fuck in their own little cocoon and it's like, ooh yeah, this is this is uh what made HR Geiger not sign off on this movie, everything that's happening. And um <laughs> As it's happening, uh, he oh yeah, he, they're fighting the eggs downstairs, and he does say, "I'm gonna go Kunta Kinte on his ass," and then <laughs> just like every everything, it's like he's supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder in this yes. movie. It's absolutely ridiculous because like I don't even understand that reference. Yeah, it like, doesn't for him to. Yeah, because he's going to fight back against the the Egg Masters. That's why. Um. Oh, God. I was like, is the Egg's name Toby? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> didn't, didn't we, did we miss the part where the, the cranial search and the alien pops up and he, and he kills it with the machete? Oh, yeah. I didn't. I did kind of glaze over that part, but they do do an autopsy on the lady, um, uh, the lady astronaut, yeah. and there's still an alien alive inside, and he fucking chops it with the... I like that... 
the saw blade that he's holding it's like one of those surgical saws that uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he takes it and it's clearly not moving but the sound effect goes it's not spinning at all at any part of the scene it's so ridiculous but uh for the sake of time i did glaze past that part but i'm glad you brought it up jeremy it's a good one it's important and so uh they uh as they're fighting the cocoons finally uh they get up to eve and patrick who are full-on aliens now uh uh, 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 press Michael Madsen and uh, Lara. They're pleading with Eve because they're like, "You're half human. Can you help us?" And she's like, "You know what? I got my nut. I can actually." So she fucking full on makes her spikes go out, and now the alien Patrick has turned into a quad, and he's no longer bipedal. He's this giant four legged creature that kind of resembles like it looks like the species monster, but is built like that thing in Poltergeist when she opens the yes. door that, that horse thing like like that and uh he looks cool it is really cool and creepy and it looks most of it is practical effects which i actually do love about this scene mm-hmm. um but uh as they're doing that she he immediately fucks eve up and then gets on top of her and then his face opens up and he mouth fucks her with the weird tongue dick that's in his yeah. mouth and that and it just it's like the scene of her just going her it's clearly like this puppet that's not moving it has lips that don't move it's just going like that it just tongue chokes alien tongue chokes her to death um very it's wild what, it definitely gave off alien blowjob vibes um for, yeah. for sure that i was like this is i feel like this is a, a way to get away with an r rating yeah i like <laughs> i remember i remember watching it and like it, it's it's well known that uh um if you look at H.R. Uh, Geiger, he actually pulled his name from this movie because it was so bad. But I feel like he watched this part. He's like, I mean, it's it's there is the one good part where the alien <laughs> does mouse fox the other alien. This is actually part of my vision, but all the uh, all the other stuff, I've not, I cannot sign off on this. Um, but I feel like he that was the one scene. He's like, this is how aliens would have sex. They would uh, open up their tongue penis and uh, mouse fox them. Um, <laughs> that's that's the, the one part of, of speech. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to the big finish. How are we going to kill this monster? Of course, we're out of uh, the DNA that we made out of sickle cell. How are we going to do it? So Michael Madsen <laughs> takes a pitchfork and shoves it into Bubba's leg to get his blood out. There wasn't a better way. He's holding a machete that could have made a much cleaner cut. Like, he's like, he. there's a million different ways. He's like, there's no time. Shut the fuck up. Pitchforks him in the leg. And then Javelin throws it into the spine of this thing, which immediately kills it. Just a little bit of Bubba's blood. Uh, a, a black guy who doesn't even have sickle cell and just carries the gene was enough to defeat this thing. Um, and then they pan over to Eve who is now uh, they pan her up and she has alien legs and they definitely show her alien slit I need to mention this you definitely see her alien pussy very briefly and they sign up to her head and she's just dead and regular uh, Natasha Henstridge up top Um, they yeah she got no pussy lips that really bothers me that there's no mm. pussy lips I I call it alien toe Uh, alien toe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um uh then we see uh 
Eve's alien suit and uh, Bubba gets a hot nurse as he's whisked away. He's like, I'm doing fine now. I got a hot co-pilot nurse, finally. And uh, uh, the other two have a cigarette, uh, Laura and Michael Madsen, as they load up Eve's body, who uh, at the end of the movie, we find out there's one other child that's left and it's in the back of the ambulance somehow. And she gives birth to a new super alien baby at the very end of the movie, which uh, it comes comes out with a big blood curdling scream like that and uh that brings us to an end of species 2 cruise control great movie overall um ashley your final thoughts on species 2 um you know someday i just hope that i find the right one who will give me a child and kill me within 10 minutes no there's hope for you um jeremy your final thoughts on Species 2. Uh, this is Spoogaloo. probably my top 10 movies that I definitely didn't want to watch ever. Next to a face-off. So. Oh, man. And I, I will say, for me overall... This really was one of the most fun I had watching a movie in a long time. I'd never watched this movie, and I love how tone deaf it is. I love that it's filmed in Baltimore. I love that there's a Mondom and Mall reference. I love that there's Richard Belzer just randomly in it. I love how much every actor that you look up and ask them about Species 2, they fucking hate this movie. I love it. It makes the actors that worked on it. Nobody likes to mention. Even Natasha Henstridge, who only has a career notoriety because of the species franchise is like yeah species 2 is a bad one uh you might not want to watch that um <laughs> i'd like to say i still like it better than avatar that's fair enough that's fair enough uh but overall i i i would say it's a thumbs up for me give it a watch take a big old dab rip and sit back and enjoy the fun ride that this movie is um ashley where can people find you at you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, or you can find my horror page, Slash and Gash DMV. I will be, let's see, with Eric and Tommy at uh, the Auto Bar June 10th, and then on June 11th, I will be judging the roast battle in Baltimore. Hell yeah, roast battles and all types of fun stuff. All things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com, which I have updated with dates as of right now. So if you want to find tickets to anything that we just mentioned, uh, or that, or specifically the Autobar show, or links to our show, socials, all that shit, go to ericcomedy.com. Really appreciate it. Jeremy, take us out of here. You want to go with your family, go to Helen Burgers. <laughs> <laughs>